Hello and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. Here, we believe success is inevitable and everything is possible. On each episode, we get real about the entrepreneurial journey and look at what it means to lean into your intuition, feel in alignment with your business, have coffee with resistance, and trust in abundance. We answer the tough questions. How can we show up authentically in business, with integrity in relationships, deeply seeking in our spiritual practice, and with grace in motherhood and beyond? This podcast celebrates the anti-hustle, healing from toxic productivity, prioritizing rest, and discovering tools that will support both your healing and business growth journeys. Your time and energy are precious resources, so thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift, and your business is thanking you. Get ready to get real, get honest, and keep everyone and welcome back to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma, and today is a very special episode. I know I say this all the time, but I've been very called to share Jill with you guys um, for some time since I learned about her work and what she's doing to support mothers, but just women in general um, that are trying to come home to themselves and find work-life balance and all of those things that we so badly want and feel so far out of reach. She's making so accessible. So Jill is a mindset mentor, time management guru, and alignment coach for moms looking to reconnect with the, to the version of themselves that doesn't just go by mom. She knows what it is to put your own dreams and goals on the back burner because of the demands of a young family, but the truth is it doesn't have to be that way. Today, Jill's passionate about supporting a community of high-achieving women who want to find harmony between motherhood and living out their personal dreams. Jill coaches moms who has, have lost themselves in the process of parenting through the pandemic and how to claim back their lives. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for being here. It's my absolute pleasure. I'm so, so excited. Thank you. You're so awesome. Um, I have so many questions for you and we've been working together and it's been such an honor to support you and this business and these offerings and it's so needed and it's just a blessing um, and a gift that you are. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about your journey, just to anchor us in um, what got you here, what led you here and what feels important to share before we dive in. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jill. Uh, my company is called Grow Like a Mother and it was born out of necessity. Um, I would say I'll take you back to um early 2020, I had just decided to quit my corporate job. I was going to go all in making, um, making a go of it as an entrepreneur, which had been a goal of mine forever since I could remember. And I was starting a uh, thrift shop, a consignment store in my town. So I didn't have to commute back and forth. I had two kids now in daycare, a one-year-old and a three-year-old and Mm -hmm. I'm gearing up. I'm so excited for it. Um, And then the pandemic hit and threw everything for a curve like it did for everyone. Um, For me, what that looked like was delays in opening the store. Um, We had a lot of, and I'm sure it was the same everywhere, but in in Canada and Ontario where I am, we had just these rolling um, restrictions and shutdowns. And week to week, we didn't know what was what. So it was super stressful. Um, And at the same point in time, the daycares weren't open. So my kids couldn't go. And so I was unexpectedly at home trying to launch this business, still in the mindset of working, but finding myself full-time parenting. My husband had a job where he still went to the office. During COVID. Yeah. Through COVID. Yeah. Wow. Um, So that was really interesting because I was all alone. And then my mom broke her knee and came to live with us for six weeks. And then my son got diagnosed with autism and Through all of this, I was suffering very badly from postpartum anxiety, depression, and OCD. So I was a mess. And sounds like fun. Oh my God. And I found myself like just one day curled up on the kitchen floor. It was like noon. 
I had a beer in my hand and the two babes were just like sitting around staring at me and I'm bawling. I'm calling my mom. Like, I need you here. We weren't sure if we were allowed to have, you know, visitors, blah, blah. Right. It really put into stark perspective, the need for me to take control of my mindset because I couldn't control the external. I felt so out of control with all of the things going on out of my control that I needed to find a way to control my mindset. Cause I knew that that was the only way to sort of get mm-hmm. through it. Um, and so I dove deep into personal development and I had experience with anxiety and depression before. So I knew about things like meditation and different tools I could use, but I really went down a rabbit hole with it and it turned into me finding tools and tricks that I really loved, but, um, realizing that I couldn't implement them in my life as a, as a working mom. There wasn't time. There wasn't space. Many of the ideas um, and tactics that were being presented were unachievable, either financially or um, time-wise. I couldn't fit anything else into my day, and I got discouraged. But then I then I started getting really good at taking those self development tools and practices and tweaking them in a way that worked for my life at that time. And I found really quickly as I went through this consignment store venture that that wasn't what I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. What I was passionate about was the women coming in and creating a community hub. And I wanted to start a podcast, but I'm like, I can't pod about clothes. That's weird. I want to talk about other stuff. And it just transitioned me really beautifully into the work I do now, helping other moms really find themselves again when you get lost in motherhood like I did. Mm -hmm. And even beyond that, excel to their next level with tools that they can actually utilize now. Wow. I really want to just back up and honor moms in COVID for a second. I feel that many of us do this. So I don't, you know, I'm not going to be too mean about myself for this, but oftentimes there's like this empathy idea and then you experience the thing and the empathy you have for the thing, right? Like I always use my parasite as an example. My parasite back in 2019 gave me like such bad gut health issues. And I used to be like, oh, like gut health, get over it. Like, you know, take them. I don't know. I was just like, not very empathetic. And now if I meet somebody that is struggling with like digestive issues, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. What have you tried? Have you tried? Like, I'm so invested. And I feel like I haven't actually embodied or honored how hard it was for moms in COVID to have their kids home and trying to work full-time jobs because I wasn't a mom yet. And I kept hearing about like the schools are still closed at daycare. Parents are home, like parents in COVID. But I just want to go back and like talk to that time because I have not talked about it on the podcast. Nobody has talked about this. And I was talking to my therapist today just about the ongoing sort of repercussions from COVID and how we've all just sort of bounced back in like a really weird way. But that must have been incredibly hard because I can't imagine doing that right now. Like how, what was the day to day like? Like, what do you even do with a one-year-old and three? I'm just sitting here like, holy shit. Why have I not honored that before? Well, thanks. It was really, it was so hard. Um, I mean, no, I I don't want to say it was harder for me than anyone else, but we all had our own challenges and it would be so funny because my single friends who lived alone would be like, I'm so lonely. I have nothing to do. And I was like, right. Don't talk to me about having nothing to do because like, I have no time for myself, literally none, but our struggles were also different and also Mm -hmm. valid. Right. Mm -hmm. So Um, Mm -hmm. yes, it was hard for sure, but certainly not to take away from anyone else's experience. Of course. Um, me day to day was really a struggle. Like I felt like I had to keep my kids occupied every minute because they were so small and so dependent that at that age, you can't leave them alone really for very Mm -hmm. long. My son was pretty independent because he just wasn't like socially interested in in playing too much, but, Mm -hmm. um, too small to just sort of like you know, put in front of the TV and call it a day. Right. Um, And then of course, as moms, we have all this guilt about screen time and it's like, 
if ever there was a time to let go of our obsession with kids screen time, like this is the time, let them watch Frozen on repeat. Like you got to get some shit done. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember just like waking up and and being instantly filled with anxiety. Like as soon as I heard the first baby cry, I would be like, oh God, the day is here. Oh no, I have to do this. And I knew I'd be alone. And I knew that I couldn't go anywhere. Um, the way I got through my first um, maternity leave, because we get a year, right? That's a that's a long time to be off. So I would just go out and do things. And I kept myself busy. And, mm-hmm. and that's how I dealt with it. But I couldn't do that this time. And now I had to navigate two babies instead of just one. And um, I would count down the hours till bedtime. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when can these kids go to sleep? It yeah. was wild. Yeah. And then you feel guilt for for feeling like that. For feeling like that. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. But I just want to honor that time for moms because I once I just heard you say that, for whatever reason, it hit differently today. And I'm like, man, I have not given that like empathy and space for that time. And I have friends that are moms in that time, friends that went through like really big things during that time. And I do think like, finding ourselves, not just for moms, but like after the COVID experience, not that it's completely over, but that the world is shifting and evolving who we are in it. And I was just thinking about this because for me, before COVID, I was always on the go. We lived in SF. I was out multiple times a night or multiple times a week, either with friends at yoga. I mean, you name it. I was go, go, go. I was traveling, flying three, four times a month. I lived 10 minutes from the airport. I was visiting clients and I almost feel like, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. My business boomed during COVID because I bring businesses online. And so I just became in this really almost like introverted extrovert that was just working all day in my space, but completely alone. And actually how I'm stepping out into the world now as a mom, put another identity crisis on top, but I'm like, who am I? And more than that, who do I want to be? And I think that that's so important to identify in the work that you're doing is like, we feel lost, but more than that, I don't even know who I want to be. So it's like, I need tools and I need support and you've done so much of the legwork. And I just want to applaud you because I know what some of your tools are and I'm going to ask you to dive into some of them. And they're just so to the point, they're easy, they're free, you know, like you've made it accessible for people to heal and like reclaim in a lot of ways who they are and who they are stepping into. Because I know I'm not going back to her. I'm not ever going to be the person who goes out three nights a week anymore or travels because I don't want to be. But now I, I, it's like, it's this feeling of lost. And I want to talk to that first, because I know that you help so many people with that, whether you're a mom or not, like feeling lost is so universal and you're not alone. So when somebody comes to you feeling lost or stuck, but not knowing where they want to go, what is, you know, sort of the first stage in your process of working with somebody like me? It is always, always to just introduce them again to their intuition. Mm. And that's the first starting point. Right. My intuition. Right. That (laughs) thing that we all have. So that's, that's for sure. The first thing that's the basis. You need to remember how to get in tune with yourself. And I I consciously say, remember, because you don't need to learn it. It's innate. It's just there. We all have access to our intuition Mm -hmm. and that's really our highest truth. And so if we can identify and start listening to our truth from our soul, um, oftentimes spoken like through our body, there are body cues that we can listen to, right? Then we can start to identify as us again. Mm. And then from there, like, it seems so simple, but I ask people to write a list of things that make them happy. Cause I, my therapist, I my therapist had me do that. And that was actually really hard. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. And I kept an ongoing list, like in my notes app on my phone. And every mm. time I thought of something, I would just add it. Like I still have it today. And I'll look back on it sometimes just to remember like, and it's the small things often. It doesn't have to be big things. And 
I think that's the point is the small accessible things that you can just pepper into your day. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, even like feeling the sun on your skin, it could be as simple as that, like walk outside, maybe not in Canada, but you know, um, so tools like that, and then meditation and, um, really being able to get your mind quiet so that you can have space to think about what it is that you like and mm-hmm. what who you are, remembering your values. And really at this stage too, we talk boundaries, right? We talk, well, what do you want to be doing with your time? What should you be saying no to that's actually not important that you're doing anyways? And where can we shift things subtly? It always has to be small at first, but where can we shift so that you feel safer in your boundaries and how you're spending your time? What habits can we change? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's really giving you the power back, right? It's really like giving me the power back to make these choices. And I think so oftentimes we're looking outside of ourselves and the work that you do is just really holding up a mirror and using some of these really profound tools to like help people get there back to themselves, finding themselves. And it's funny as you were speaking and talking about listening to your intuition and diving into this work, do you find that people are fear-based or resistant to doing this work? Because as you were talking, I even felt some resistance come up around I don't know, sometimes stewing in the feeling lostness or stuckness becomes normal. And the idea of taking action or getting out of the hole feels like an Everest. Yes, it does. Yes, I see that a lot because it feels safe to stay stuck, right? And that's where your ego wants you to be. It wants you to be safe. So it's working against you too. So you have to really want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I find that for moms, we can take on so much and it can go so long before we're at our wits end and ready to say, okay, something's got to give. I'm ready to try. Um, and it can, and that's when you come in. <laughs> and here I am. This is, yes, this is why I'm here. Yeah. But it can be scary because it's about like radical responsibility, right? Like it's about realizing that you're in control of your, well, You can be in control of your thoughts and your mindset if you can work. It is something that you can work towards and aspire to, even if it doesn't feel like it. There are so many ways that we can bring that power back to you, but then you're not sure what to do with the power, right? You don't know because you don't know what you like and you don't know what you want. And so it's like when you've got a toddler who has too much power and they like it seems like they want to be in charge, but they feel so unsafe because that's not that's not their role. You know, they don't know when to stop eating or when to go to bed or like if you give them that power, it's detrimental. That's how it feels to us when we've been outside of our power for so long. Wow. That's like a mic drop moment. I need to just talk about radical responsibility because that's what feels like work. Like you just named it. And so when you're feeling exhausted, when you're feeling lost, when you're feeling stuck, it can almost feel easier than feeling better because feeling better is like for me right now, a full-time job. And you and I were in witchy business together when Gala said, your job is to feel good. And that really like shifted something. And I, I love how you talk about these subtle shifts because for me, it is those micro shifts that actually move the needle. And just hearing her say, it's your job to feel good because I'm so like wanting to be good at my job. It's like a sick way for me to feel good because I'm like, wait, if this is my job, then I have to be good at it and I need to take this more seriously. And so that micro shift of just making it my job, but also it's work. It's work to feel good. And also there are tools, there are shortcuts, there are ways in which we can support people, you know, to feel better and not feel so alone in that. And I think one of the biggest things I love about what you do is how accessible it is. And the universal pain points that your work is solving, because we were talking about this the other day, and I think this is a universal pain point, and that is time. And I love how you talk about time. I personally 
have lost all touch, like all track of time because it feels like one long day for the last six months and how much I can get done in a day. Like time is a funny thing, but it's a thief. And that's how I feel. And I know a lot of people feel this way. And when I said to you, what is the biggest pain point that people have when they come to you? I don't have enough time. How am I supposed to spend time with a coach or spend time taking care of myself when I already don't have enough time? So I want to talk about time and this concept of time and how you sort of approach this with your clients. Yeah, for sure. It's super common. We all feel like we have enough things to do in a day that could last us three days. Everybody feels like that. And our to-do list will always be there tomorrow. We're never done the to-do list, right? And so realizing, I try to bring people back to realize that we all are dealing with 24 hours. That's all we get and we all get it. And so some people choose to use their time differently and, and accomplish different things than we do. And if we are aspiring to have the same things that those people do, whether it be your friend, your sister, or Jay Shetty, who knows, you have to look at how you're spending your time. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is looking at where is it going, you know, of the 24 hours and of your week, I think a week is a really good chunk of time to look at. Mm-hmm. Where are you spending your time? And what's an actual non-negotiable, like sleep and eating and working if you're in a nine to five, like you need to be there between nine to five. What are those non-negotiables? And then with the surrounding pockets of time, how are you filling them? Mm-hmm. And are the things that you're doing in line with your values and what you say your priorities are. Because we need to take responsibility for how we're spending our time. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a quote I really love that says, time flies, but you're the pilot. And that's so fantastic because it gives you a little piece in a gentle way, a little piece of responsibility, right? A bit of a kick in the pants. Yeah. Yes, time does fly. It, It flies for everyone. But if you can get clear on and pare down, you can go back again. You can build up again. But in the process of rebuilding and realigning, you gotta, you gotta get down to the basics. You have to say no a lot more. And you have to say yes to yourself. So that looks like putting in your calendar things that fill your cup up. We can call it self-care. We can call it rest. We can label it whatever we want to label it. But I use a different color pen in my notebook. Like I'm an old old school agenda. I've got mm-hmm. my week laid out and I use green for my self-care time. Mm. And if I look at my week and there's no green, I have to stop and rearrange some things. Wow. Prioritizing. And that takes work. Like it takes responsibility. And I think, um, but it's, it's like micro things that are actually going to give you your time back, which is like the paradox or like, you know, the sick twist and all of this. And so we were joking. It's like spend an hour with Jill and get eight back because it's about how you're spending your time and how you're prioritizing and just becoming aware of it. And for me, it's getting out of that victim mindset of like, Oh, time's a thief. I don't have enough time. I'm a victim. Okay. We all have 24 hours. Everybody has non-negotiables that things we have to do and nobody's, I don't think anybody's like completely, you know, figured out how to live an obligation free lifestyle. Yeah, that would be nice. But for the sake of this conversation, we have these obligations. And one thing around time that you really helped me with was the nighttime ritual, because I feel like we think that there's a way we should be doing things versus a way that like naturally flows and feels good to us. And so when we're looking at our time and looking at our audits, like everyone's like morning practice, morning practice, morning practice. And so every time that I use my morning to rest, because that's when I sleep the best, I feel guilty for not doing self-care. It's almost like self-care just becomes something on the checklist versus something I'm embodying. And I want to ask you how you come back to that. Like as somebody that's like task oriented, how do you actually take the time to prioritize self-care in a way that's like, yeah, embodying versus just like, yeah, I did that thing or yeah, I meditated for 20 minutes. Right. I think it really comes down to recognizing how it makes you feel and the impact it has. Because 
if you can hold on to the end result, um, the act isn't just going to feel like something to do. It's going to feel rewarding. It's going to feel um, like you're contributing to something. It's going to feel mm. worthwhile because you know that it's contributing to your goal at the end of the day. And I think any small shift you can make, like doing a nighttime routine instead of a morning routine, if that, that gave me you. so much permission. Right. Like, why would I do that? Like when the morning is my time that I'm actually tired, I'm actually quiet. Like, why would I rob myself of that? But I felt like I had to be spending my free time in a certain way. So your time management tools also just gave me permission to actually take up space and time in the way that feels like fluid for my life. And for me, that's a nighttime practice. That's walking on the treadmill, sitting in the tub, doing the cold plunge, doing the steam. Like I have this whole flow and I try to switch it to the morning because everyone keeps talking about morning practice. I have a baby who gets up at 7am. If I'm lucky, I'm sleeping until 7am. Like what, why would I lose that time? So it's just so funny. Like I think the limiting beliefs we have around time and like how we combat those. What are some other ways that you combat these limiting beliefs and like insert like little digestible practices for people. Yeah. One thing that I affirm to myself every day is I have more than enough time to get everything done that I want ah. every, every day. I have more than <laughs> enough time. I'm writing that do, down. Yeah. Everything that I want, because you get to choose what you want. Like you're so in control of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, another thing that I find really fun is talking about time confetti. And so this is the idea that in the in the past, like generations past, they didn't have as much free time as we have. They had to, like, they didn't have microwaves and dishwashers and all the things, right? They had less free time, but we feel like we don't have more because it's split into small pockets throughout the day, right? So we have ATMs now, instead of having to go into the bank and online banking, um, but, and those are things that help give us some free time, but we don't recognize that we have it. And we don't use it to our mm-hmm. advantage. So figuring out where those little pockets of time, five, 10 minutes here and there throughout the day. I mean, I have a list on my phone of things that I do. It's my time confetti list. And okay. I pull it out every time I've got a few, like five or 10 minutes, if I'm waiting in line or I'm early to pick up the kids or, um, you know, oh, wow. I'm- like really five minutes. Like they, yes. are- cause I have those. Yeah. Like all everyone has five minutes. Yeah right? You're in between calls or whatever. And things on my list, I mean, everyone's list will be so unique to them, but I've got like deep breathing, gratitude, putting on a song, you know, um, sending a text to someone that I'm thinking about, um, doing my affirmations, small things that nobody has to notice that you're doing, you know, right. they could be Private. different. Yeah. I carry my, like, if I'm reading, I carry a book around or have an audiobook. Maybe it's just 10 minutes with that you know, and it resets you and you start to notice the accumulative value if you're doing these once, twice, three times throughout the day. And the more that you do it, the more you're able to recognize the pockets. You get used to recognizing them. Mm. You get better at it. And then how much can you accomplish? Like if you're trying to get through a book, but you are too tired, your babies go to bed and you're like, oh God, I need to go to bed too. You can't read at night. There's no time to read in the morning. If you read like three or four pages a couple times a day, you're getting through that book. Yeah. 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 It's such a micro shift in perspective and yet so profound. I love this idea of time confetti. And I think what I love about all of these tools is it's, we can all do it right now. Like there's nothing holding us back except for us. And I think that's like hard to swallow for a lot of us is like the only thing between here and there that's blocking me or preventing me from X, Y, and Z or achieving this is me and, and feeling like finally called to do that. And I was, I was talking to my therapist about this today, actually, because she realized how I feel about time and how valuable it is and sacred it is. And, you know, my sort of like battle with time. And she's like, so I'm gathering that like you making this time for therapy was a really big thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, it was crisis mode. Like it was like the wave was too big. 
I had to take action and I had to let it get so bad. And what I want to start to support people with is like, how can we take better care of ourselves without it having to get so bad? You know, because when somebody's like in 911 in crisis mode, they're okay. I need to have a call with Jill now. It's totally like it's at its worst, but. I think the real magic can happen when you can take that action sooner and like prioritize yourself before. But I feel that's where the mom guilt comes in. Like I want to talk to mom guilt now because I'm feeling it for the first time. Um, And I have this fear that I'm never going to actually be able to relax again because of mom guilt. I feel like I want to be in two places at once for the first time. I used to love my job and I still love my job. And it's not that I would rather be with Kathy. It's I want to be doing both. And the only reason why I don't feel like extreme guilt is because right now she gets to spend time with both grandmas. And I know how special that time is for both of them, but 90% of people do not have this privilege. They're in daycare, right? Like the mom guilt is so real. And I just want to unpack the mom guilt, how we support people feeling guilty and even not mom guilt, just the guilt of time and Mm -hmm. where you're spending it and who's getting it. Because when I, even the other night, I prioritized self-care. I asked my mom to stay an extra 30 minutes so I could sauna and she was taking care of Cappy. Clay was cooking dinner and I may as well have not saunaed because I felt so guilty the whole time. So it's like it defeated its purpose. So Mm -hmm. let's unpack mom guilt, what we do about it. Like, let's go. Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head in that the biggest problem is that you want to be you're at work, you're thinking about your kids, but you're with your kids and you're thinking about work, right? And then when you finally do get time to yourself, you can't enjoy it because you're feeling guilty because you think you should be doing something else. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I always felt really guilty for, quote, putting somebody else out when they were watching the baby, even though they loved it and they wanted to. Yes. That was the fear is that if I'm not with her, it means I'm putting somebody out. Like for me to relax, it means putting somebody else out. Even if it's the grandma or grandpa who's like over the moon, I still felt guilty asking my mom to stay 30 minutes. Of course. And I think it's a, it's a mindset shift. It all comes down to mindset shift because we can look at it as I, I should be there. I should be the one. It's my baby. I shouldn't be taking this time to myself. I don't deserve it. I don't have time for it. I need to be there. Or we can look at it like I'm so lucky to be able to grant this gift of time to my mom with my baby girl, right? Right. And to recognize that if people are offering help or saying yes when you ask for help, which is a whole other thing about asking for help. We're going to talk about that. Oh, my God. (laughs) But if someone is offering, especially if they're offering, they want to do it. They're not going to offer something that they don't want to do. Either they love the time that they get with the baby or they love knowing that they're helping you. Exactly. Exactly. Like, honestly, just 10 minutes ago before we started recording, my mother-in-law, so sweet with Cappy and Cappy's having a day. I was telling you this before we started recording. And I left, I walked away to her crying and Mary felt guilty that I felt guilty. Cause she's like, just go enjoy your podcast. Like, it's okay if she's crying. Like she's like an amazing mom of three, like an OG mama, like holds it down. Like this is truly her Dharma to be a grandmother. And yet I still feel guilty walking away. And it's, a weird place to be. And I think helping me reframe it as I'm giving that time, right? Like my sister has her right now. What a dream for the two of them. And I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and like pouring my love into this podcast and connecting with you and talking about exactly the thing that's happening. So it's like around and around we go until we break the cycle. And so how do we start to break that cycle or what are some things we can do just to start alleviating 
that guilt that we feel regardless of who it's for, because I know a lot of people feel like they should be spending more time with their partners or, or whatever. It's like guilt around time and prioritizing you. Yeah. It's hard. I think the the basis is cutting comparison, right? Much of our guilt comes from external sources that we internalize, right? If we were just sitting down on our own without any influences, we might not feel that guilt because we truly do enjoy the work. And so we're happy when we're at work, right? Right. And we truly do know that they're being loved and cared for. So there's no reason to feel guilty about not being there 24 hours a day because that's not a realistic expectation of yourself to begin with, to be Mm -hmm. available to another human being 24 hours a day. It just is not, that's not real. (laughs) Nobody should expect that of anybody, but cutting the comparison of what you think you should be doing, what your sisters or girlfriends are doing with their kids, what your mother-in-law thinks, what social media tells you is the right amount of time, what the parenting coaches we at in this generation, I think are really um, given disservice by the amount of information available to us. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. Like we could spend hours on end researching and having conflicting ideas from all types of different parenting coaches. It's a very popular thing now to have parenting advice online. It was never accessible before. And you stop trusting yourself mm-hmm. and you're confused about what the right thing to do is. And so you're guilty because you don't know what to think, who to trust, no matter what you do, it's going against what another coach, guru, mother, somebody said. And again, it comes back to the intuition. Again, it comes back to the mindset, like even things like going on an advice diet. I forget who I heard talking about this, Mm. but spending a day or a week, if you can, and don't ask advice from anybody. Wow. Right. My anxiety is like, oh my God, no one to validate you. (laughs) Right. And that's it. The self-validation. And it's yeah. so hard. I struggled with that too. Self-validation. I love that. But if you that. can self-validate and trust that you're doing what is right for you and you're living your truth and you're following your intuition and you know that you're going through your day in a way that serves your highest good and therefore the highest good of your family and your community, guilt disappears. It's got no place. It's got no mm-hmm. foothold because you know you have that knowing. Yeah. 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 That's really good. I think, um, so many like little mini breakthroughs here and I know people listening, this is like such a potent episode. You're amazing at this, by the way. Um, I feel the most guilty when I'm, when I'm taking care of myself, I don't feel guilty when I'm working because I'm like, okay, this is in service. This is taking care of the family. This is taking care of my clients. Like I feel really purposeful, But for whatever reason, we put ourselves like below (laughs) our clients, family, insert, you know, X here. And it's so funny. Like, I don't feel guilty at all right now. But if I were to like steam or sauna or walk on the tread and like leave my sister down there an extra 40 minutes, like that's when the guilt comes in. And like, that's what I need the most. And that is so hard for me to wrap my head around that. Oh my God, are you telling me that every time I take care of myself, somebody else is watching her? Like, how do we accept that? But we have to. And I think the work you're doing is like normalizing. Like we can't, like we have to prioritize ourselves. And before I became a mom, I was like, oh, I can't believe anybody would, you know, like you have to take better care of yourself in order to take care of better your family, you know? And I fully believe that. And now I'm like, it's a struggle. Yeah. And, you know, just to to sort of play devil's advocate here for a second, because I heard something really interesting today in case someone is feeling this, I just feel called to say it. Yeah. Don't feel guilty if you don't have mom guilt. (gasps) That is a real thing. Like permission to not have mom guilt. Granted. And if you're, if you're on top of this and you're like, oh shit, everyone else is feeling guilt. Should I be feeling guilty? Because I'm, I'm not. And, but, um, but should I be like, no cut that out. If you and help spread that knowledge and that wisdom, you know, if you aren't experiencing mom guilt, teach us your ways. Like you're lighting the torch for so many of us. Thank you for saying that and naming that because I actually feel that I do have some friends who are really good at this and I'm comparing myself and finding myself really jealous or feeling inadequate. And I just think it can go on and on and on. And at some point we have to take responsibility for our mindset and coming back to this mindset work. And I'm so glad 
were talking this week about this. We've been talking, you and I, a lot about mindset. It's a theme in witchy business this month and just the power we hold. And we just so quick to give it away. We're so quick to give the power away. And coming back to the simple act of challenging my thoughts has been like the most powerful thing. And once I started doing that, I realized, A, like how out of control these disempowering thoughts are. (laughs) And like, no wonder, you know, I'm feeling this way because look at who's running the show. And once we become aware of that, really taking responsibility and it becomes a daily practice or a ritual and how we get into that ritual or routine. I think sometimes we need support and that's where you, I think are playing such a beautiful role is like, okay, we're recognizing we have the knowing, but we need some help to take the action, you know, and that can be really hard. And I think people feel a lot of resistance there. So what would you say to somebody who's like, knowing that they have lost themselves in many ways, knowing that they want to make a change, but it just, it feels hard. I think giving yourself grace to just be where you're at. Mm -hmm. Right. And like you said, it's a practice. You're not meant to be perfect at it. You have to show up every day and do your best. And that's going to look different every day Mm -hmm. and giving yourself the grace to have bad days and to feel proud of yourself when you have good days, you know, and, um, not taking yourself too seriously, because if anyone listening is like me, and like you said, when Gala told us it was our job to feel good, you're like, yes, it's my job. I got to do it. Right. (laughs) Like I have to be the best at feeling good. And I'm like that too. And it's like, you don't, you know, like this is not about being the best. You can be the best at everything else in your life, but in this area, just be, mm. just be. Yeah. And that's hard. And that's the work. Yeah. It's really good advice. I mean, I feel like so many takeaways from this conversation. I would love to hear more about the work that you're doing right now to support moms. And I know you have your circle going on, you have a monthly meetup that's happening for moms. And I think I think that is like a big piece of this is community and being able to have conversations like this. We're so like insular in our lives and um, just having a safe safe space to come and talk and share and like be with other like-minded people in the same season. I think there's just so much value to that and you are creating a community for this. And I would just love for you to share more about it and like your sort of prayer for your business as you're growing this thing and sharing all these tools. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's super fun. Every month I have a mom circle. It's a virtual meetup and there's a, a theme each month. Um, and so we just sit and chat and I teach and we've got community connection, question and answer, like just really fun. Um, but practical steps to take away at the end of it too. So you don't have to feel guilty for spending an hour because you're walking away with a tool or two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also have a really fun video series. It's like a a free five-day video series that goes through more, uh, I think of it as a little bit hard, more hardcore, like the mom circle is pretty gentle. The video series is more like a kick in the pants. Like it's time management, it's mindset, it's goal setting. It's really uh, short, powerful, tactical stuff. Um, if you're looking for t- tips and tools as opposed to community and conversation. So covering both angles. Mm-hmm. Um and then I've got some digital products that are really great if you're someone who can't commit to showing up for something, um, maybe doesn't feel comfortable talking in a group, um, but still wants to get started. There's um, the Busy Moms Toolbox, which is really, um, really packed full of different masterclasses, not only from myself, but from um, you know a manifestation expert and a parenting expert and a yoga, like a special mm-hmm. customized yoga practice. And all kinds of tools and workshops in there that you can work through on your own. Um, And then Mom Talk, which is the one-to-one experience where we work through exactly what's going on with you and how we can sort of create your own toolbox based on Mm -hmm. what works for you, what season you're in, and how we can build something that that you can take away and start to use to feel better and, and get a better grasp on your time. 
I mean, I feel better truly from this conversation. Like I feel like more in control, I think of my day. And I know it can be so easy to feel out of control. And I also just feel really grateful. I feel like I have the space to find these pockets. Like my biggest takeaway is that time confetti, because I have those five minutes all the time and I'll like go to scroll on social. I'll go to make another coffee that I don't need. And so I think being more mindful of those pockets of time and how it adds up to my overall mood and just like how I'm taking care of myself. If even just in the time confetti pockets, I practice self-care, like that's my self-care for the day. I feel like that would be such a big win because some days I'm like, I have to practice self-care and it becomes like more about, I don't know, it's just not actually about self-care. And so I just got a lot out of this and I'm super grateful for what you're doing. And I think the biggest takeaway is like, we do have to take responsibility for our lives and for our energy. And when you are ready to do that, you have like this incredible toolkit, but it comes with that mindset shift of like, I want to take responsibility for my life, for my time, for my relationships, for my mental health, for my self-care, whatever it is. And I think it can be hard to take that step. So if you are in that space, listening to this, knowing that you want to take that step, like let this be a gentle nudge. I'll do it with you. Um, I'm definitely going to be auditing my time. Um, I do this a lot. I also love time management and I talk about it a lot and I think we're, you know, here to teach what we're here to learn. And so it's an ongoing process. And I just am really grateful for these tools because you've done so much of the research. And I think like you said, it you can get carried away and like the research of the tools and the pricing and, oh, I have to go take this course and we can like kid ourselves into thinking it's not accessible for us. But that's just another layer of resistance. It's not true. And so remembering that like you do have the answers, you do have the intuition. And when you're ready for support, you have people like Jill, you have tons of free resources, even you have a podcast. Um, you can do it. Like you can do it. We will do this together. <laughs> even if you're not a mom, I feel like, you know, all of the stuff that you're talking about is like completely, completely relevant. Um, but especially I think for moms who are feeling like, their identity is gone. I'm feeling like I don't know who I'm becoming. And that feels really scary because I'm not that girl that I was. And the person that I am now is like ridden with postpartum depression and, you know, all of this stuff that's temporary and not real. And I know that, but I have no idea what the future holds. And that can feel really scary Um, but I'm ready to step into that person. So thank you for lighting the, (laughs) lighting the way for us. You know, you, you like really carry a torch, I think for so many people and you have, you know, ran so we can walk (laughs) and I have stumbled. um, Yes. I have stumbled and jumped. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been a lot and just like what you've gone through as a mom in your own journey, there's just so much experience there. And, wisdom. And so I just hope that whoever listening to this, if you're called to learn more, um, Jill has such amazing content to share so much value to provide. And I'm just so grateful for you for being here. Well, thank you because I am so grateful for you and everything that you have done for me and continue to do for Mm -hmm. all of the women that you work with. And you're such an inspiration and it is truly incredible to have connections with people who are so aligned and to be able to uh, help one another is such a wonderful thing. It is. It's such a beautiful thing. It's my dream, honestly. Like when I host a retreat and, or like witchy business, for example, and I see like members down the line, like doing a collab or even a retreat together, it's like nothing melts my heart more than like facilitating space for like aligned connection. And it's just so beautiful that we can support each other in this way. So I am just grateful and I will put your links in the show notes, but for everybody, um, wanting to know where to find you, you can give us just like the quick spiel on how to find more. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok, thanks to your lovely team inspiring me. So that's a work in progress, but on all three. Oh, you're going to crush it on TikTok. Oh God, I hope. You're Um, so good. Thank you. Well, in any case, come follow the journey. It's uh, Grow Like a Mother on all three platforms. And then my website is livingwithheart.ca. Yeah, it's beautiful. All the offerings are there. And before we go, I'd love for you to share um, what you're reading right now or a book recommendation that you love. Mm-hmm. Well, alongside with you, I'm reading Manifest by uh, Roxy Nafusi. Which I actually have not talked about on this podcast yet. And that's oh, one of our witchy God. business books for this month. It's blowing my mind too. So I'm glad you said that because oh. I love her. I dropped it in my email this morning as like a book rack at the very bottom, just because I'm like, this is so good. And yeah. I think the word manifest has become so new age and a little bit like overdone that I would have never picked it up had I not heard her on Jay Shetty's podcast podcast and was like, wait, (laughs) she has tapped in. She like channeled something with that book. And yeah, I'm getting so much out of it too. manifest. Yeah. Yeah. The other one I finished recently, which was so good was believe it by Jamie Kern Lima. Nice. I have not heard of that one. Okay. Beautiful. Um, and who are you following? Like who's inspiring you right now? Who's a vision holder for you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, let me think about this. I have so many varied interests. Like my my Instagram feed is where I go to get inspired, and it's so hilarious because it's just all over the place. Yeah. Uh, for parenting, for for any of you guys who are in the like toddler stage, Jamie Glowacki, uh, Oh Crap Parenting, is phenomenal. Awesome. Um, I'm really loving following Gala and mm-hmm. her tapping. That's huge uh, for me right now. That's an interest that I have. Um. Yeah. What a great tool that tapping. I was just talking to one of our clients today about it, who was on that witchy business call. We had Gala Darling, who I will have on the pod. Um, I just want her to lead us through a tapping, to be honest. I mean, nobody taps like her. She's like one of the most outrageous people and so authentic. And I just get so much out of her presence. And I think she's a great follow. She also has really great like tapping meditations pinned. Um, And so if I'm just like, that's one of my tools, actually, you know, if I'm just feeling really like I can't, I don't, I'm lost, I'm stuck, that feeling we talk to, that's one of my things is I just go to her like five minute one right at the top of her page. It's so accessible. And that's how I feel like your stuff can be for people. You know, it's like when you're having that moment of I'm stuck, I feel X, I feel guilt. These are the tools. We have them. They're here. Right. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being here. My absolute pleasure. This was so fun to everyone listening. I got so much out of this. This was medicine and divine timing as always. And I hope you did too. Thank you for being here. And until next time, keep growing.